0: welcome everybody to ben and eric's podcast wait am i being too loud no it's perfect okay leave it in (laughs) welcome everybody to ben and eric's podcast we are cousins that love talking about movies and tv together so we decided to record it as a pod on this podcast we review one movie and one tv show per episode um In the first half, me and Eric review a movie that we recently watched and end up giving some kind of negative or positive recommendation at the end. The TV show works a little bit differently. I come in as a new viewer who has only seen the beginning of one season, and Eric comes in having seen the whole show. We talk about how the show changes or stays the same as the seasons go on, and at the end, I say whether I will or will not be watching it again. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get right into it. So, the movie we watched today we watched this episode, was Petite Mama. This is a movie about... So, just to preface this, we are going to talk for about five minutes without spoiling it. But it is a short movie, and there is a pretty major plot point that happens in the beginning of the movie that you need to talk about in order to talk about the movie. So, this is a movie about two girls and their relationship um, after the main character's grandmother dies. I think I can say that without spoiling it. So Eric, is there a better way to describe this movie without spoiling it?
1: Well, let's just use, let's, let's plagiarize. Let's take IMDB's description. Nellie has just lost her grandmother and is helping her parents clean out her mother's childhood home. She explores the house and the surrounding woods. One day she meets a girl her age building a tree house. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's the, uh, the premise it is short it's like I don't know like
0: 80 75, yeah 75 minutes. Yeah, right. Like.
1: So it, it goes really quick. Um <clears throat> it's directed by Celine help me with the last Shiyama. name. Again.
0: Celine Shiyama? Shiyama. Okay. She is a fantastic screenwriter and director. She does uh she's a writer director, which is a great combo especially when you want to like find someone who really, really, really cares about making movies. It's a lot. It's a ton of work to be a writer and director. And she is super good at it.
1: Yeah, she, this was, this movie was 2021. Uh, Her, her masterpiece is Portrait of a Lady on Fire from 2019, which was, I think, maybe my, my favorite movie of that year. And both of these movies are very similar in that, um, women leading characters in this, in these movies, but it's kind of slow moving. This, the shots are beautiful and you end up getting completely just enthralled with these characters and, and sucked into their world. And Mm -hmm. I found that with both of these movies, I was bought in from the beginning. I read some reviews on both of these movies that said, Nothing's really happening. It's so slow moving. I, I'm oh. kind of I'm a sucker for kind of some just methodic slow storytelling. Um, kind of give myself up to it as opposed to maybe an adrenaline junkie who wants to see action and movement and the stories moving forward. I'm not like that. So both these movies are like that, and especially Petite Maman. It's very quiet. The dialogue is sparse. What they say is important, but they don't say a lot. And I. I, I love both movies. I thought that Pete Maman as a follow-up to this Portrait of a Lady on Fire was was a fantastic, almost like a short story, almost like a Black Mirror episode is what I felt like I was watching at one point point. and uh, love this movie.
0: Mm. I, I kind of get the Black Mirror. Um, I kind of get the Black Mirror comparison. It's a lot more lighthearted than a Black Mirror episode might be. A, a lot of Black Mirror. You could take a Black Mirror episode and be like, they're so afraid of technology or like, this is so dark and grungy and edgy. And this is not that. This is really about these characters and how they interact with each other and their environment and their situation. So um, yeah, the actresses. So uh, Josephine, uh, Josephine Sanz plays Nelly and she is such a good actor. Mm -hmm. She's like, you love watching like a cute kid do like cute kid things in movies, <laughs> and it's just like like Ki Kiwi Khan in like uh, the Temple of Doom. Um, it's just like watching a cute kid like be in a like in a situation where a cute kid shouldn't be, or like that's like that's and he's a good actor, so it was really entertaining. So watching her be this like really adorable kid and kind of explore life and death. Um, at such a young age she really handles the role well and I just sometimes I just am baffled like how does this eight-year-old know to like do these things like how does this eight-year-old know how to like explore such adult topics and do it in a way that everybody watching at home will be like that kid understands the role she's in Mm -hmm. and the gravity of it and like the playfulness of it, but also like interacting with this adult world at such a young age. I don't know. It's she is amazing, and like if she didn't work, the movie doesn't work. But she really, really works well.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to give you a, a small counterpoint, uh, but I'm going
0: to go ahead and, and agree
1: with you after I make my counterpoint. And she's fairly, she's fairly emotionless when she del- delivers her lines. I feel it, it's like I don't, I don't know that a kid would necessarily speak in that way so i i kind of feel it was a bit of a it set me back a bit but then when she's a kid and she gets to be a kid in the movie like there's a scene when they're cooking breakfast Mm -hmm. where they're just you know two girls um making a mess cooking breakfast that it's just i I wanted more of that i wanted more of the sort of Mm. childhood wonder part of this that i don't really feel i got out of um out of the the lead actresses in this in this movie
0: well to me, the role doesn't call for much of that. Like, I don't think there's supposed to be much... Um, there's, just, there's not supposed to be too much happiness in this movie. Like, it's not a tragic, like, I'm going to rip your heart out kind of movie, but it's also kind of like a... It's a contemplative and, like, existential movie a little bit, and this kid is thrust in this situation where they think about... Um, all these different things and time and death and all that so it, she That's does fair. i think she does a really good job of like not being like a playful kid like hmm, i wonder what this is because like the first scene you see her saying goodbye to a bunch of old people mm-hmm. um that we're all living in this i guess like old person home where they get like where they have m- more advanced like like care uh it's not a retirement home, but it is a uh, just an old folks' home where like they need a different level of care than they can have in their own house. In their own house. Yep. So she's saying goodbye to all these people, and then you see like an empty room being packed up, and they're leaving. So like immediately you recognize death has occurred in the family, and um, and then well, I'm I think I'll say that for the spoiler part in case it doesn't spoil it, but. Um, we can move into that now. It's been. Let yeah. me just at least say it's
1: it's on streaming on Hulu, so people can watch it right now and not pay for it if you're already a Hulu
0: subscriber. Um,
1: so go ahead, go jump into spoilers.
0: Okay, so then uh, her mom leaves the situation. So just they they move back to their mom's childhood home. They go to sleep after like a cute sequence where she's talking with her mom, and um, and then the next morning we get up with Nellie and her mom is gone and we're just put into this world without her mother. So this is kind of like drastic for a child. Like at first I thought she was just like, she's out for the day. She'll be back at night. And then it's like, no, she has left. Like she is, you do not know. We don't, we don't know when she's coming back. And that is like, that is a, that is another like shock to you. If you, if you identify as this character, Nellie, that's like another shock to you. And then we go out in the woods and we see this little girl making her tree fort. So Eric, who is this little girl?
1: Uh, well, I don't know that we want to do that. I, we can just say that, that there's a bit of fantasy involved in this movie. Um, and it's, it's quite enthralling and exciting. And um, I, I, would, I would just say that uh, she meets another girl. And we get to see some parallels between Nellie's life and some you know, lives of people that came before her kind of thing. So I, I'd like to leave it there, if you don't mind, just okay. because it, it, it takes some time for things to reveal itself. Um, so I, I promise spoilers, but I feel like that's giving away like, a little too much. Um, the title of the movie, Petite Maman, it, Maman is, is translated in English to Little Mom. So there may be a little spoiler
0: right there. In the yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. You okay, Eric? You can't just say I don't feel like spoiling the main point of the movie, and then you translate the title. It's literally in the title. All right. Anyone who so. speaks French is like, oh, as soon as this other character comes on, I understand this. The title. The right. characters are played God. by two sisters in real life. The actress, the actresses are two sisters. So they look a lot alike and this other little girl named Marion uh, comes in to the movie as soon as the mother leaves. Yeah. So there All is right. a fantasy element. But I, if I you guys, are our audience is corrected. our audience is smart. If you can put together the title means little mom. And as soon as the actual mom leaves, a little girl shows up in Nellie's life.
1: OK, we're going there. That's fine.
0: That's Why not? It, it's literally. It's in a fine.
1: Title. It's fine. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, yeah. they are sisters. that are playing um, uh, that are share the screen for a very long time. Uh, in fact, I, I got them mixed up a couple times during mm-hmm. the
0: movie. They, they, yeah, they, I can see that. Their hair
1: starts to be worn in the same way, as opposed to the first couple scenes where they're wearing their hair very differently, and then and then they start to wear it the same way. And I think obviously that was probably intentional. So uh, yeah, I start to conflate the two. Um they're both very good. I, I I even think the 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 girl that played Marion is probably even a little better in terms of acting, but uh, yeah. um yeah,
0: uh go ahead. You were going to you so you were you were going to take us into spoiler territory. Well, well now that we have the, that major spoiler out of the way, I do yeah. want to I I want to beat you to this punch. The audio is incredible. Hmm. Um when she's in the forest So the audio is so good, in my opinion, that I can't tell if it is just entirely like if it is just if it's like mostly uh, on location recording, because this whole movie is shot on location. I don't think there's a single set involved. They go out to a house in the woods when they're filming in the woods. They're in the woods when they're filming um, when they're filming the tree house or like the little hut that they're making. It's literally somewhere just in the woods when they're in a house, they're in a house. It's like. This is all on location, so they have a lot of on-location audio. What I can't tell and what I think makes it really good is I can't tell if it's entirely on-location audio or, like, the best Foley work I've ever heard Mm -hmm. because there's some audio here that's, like, wind and water. And it's, like, you can't really... It's really hard to get wind. It's just uh, really difficult to properly record wind rustling through leaves. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you can get, like... babbling brook like that's not going to be that complex but microphones don't pick up wind well so you really have to have a super special like a super like um not specialized but you really have to get it right if you want the audio to actually record wind rustling through leaves that's really difficult so there's a scene uh, 10 minutes in where Nelly is just sitting on the on a stump in the in the woods and the audio like increases i think in levels and like um the wind picks up as it's rustling through uh these leaves all around her and the water behind her the what the, there's a water somewhere and it just sounds incredible so shout out to all the audio people who worked on this uh who worked on this movie because i cannot tell how they got this audio
1: yeah yeah, I um so ironically I think last episode I was the sound guy. You're yes, the sound you guy are. now. And I didn't I didn't really notice it. It was it was so well done. Now what I did notice is how I was getting pulled into the setting and the story and like I was kind of lost in the movie. It's all it just encompassed mm-hmm. you know all my senses and it's probably the sound and the fact that you know those leaves rustling and wind blowing was was pulling me in and yeah. I just never noticed it. Cause I was, I was in the scene. I mean, the, the world building that happens here is is quite phenomenal. It's and exactly
0: what you would hear if you yeah, were there.
1: For sure, so, for sure. Um, yeah, there's, um, I mean, there's, there's, there's some really overarching themes here in terms of sadness and grief and how to deal with that. And, you know, anyone that's been through a traumatic experience, death in the family, There's some really strong lessons in here in how to deal with that. And um, that's something you don't really get out of movies too often. Uh, Messages or feelings or lessons that you take away and use in your life. Like I saw Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Um, It was cool to look at i didn't I didn't take away anything really in my to abuse in my life, but something that really hits you
0: in the heart like this really Eric the uh, entity isn't coming for you and you have to decide between um, your long-term girlfriend and some random woman that you have like just fallen in love with Well, I knew the entity was coming to get me anyway, so that wasn't
1: <laughs> news <laughs> but this one you know you do walk away with some some real feelings of of grief and then how to deal with it. So, uh, I thought that was just yeah. really great. Just great. And in fact, I need to go back and look at Portrait of a Lady on Fire because that's about oh. love and loss and all that. And oh my God, Forbidden Love. And it's like I, I, that one just, you know, like, and I it's just, and it's also away.
0: literally the most beautiful movie you've ever seen. Maybe I haven't ranked I, those yet. To me, it's like a clear winner. Yeah. I, I've never, like the island they picked, I, I've just, I just have no idea. Yeah, How man. no one has filmed that kind of island in that kind of way. I, I, it's not the best cinematography, but I will just say I think when like Bill Simmons likes when movies go to Hawaii or they go to Prague or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you put me on a beautiful island, I'm I'm gonna watch the rest of the movie. the 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 setting there is shot so well; it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. Another Celine Shyama picture, so you should go see that. Yes. Um, there's a bit of a culture shock here I don't really get French people I guess okay as a kid I can't imagine wearing so many layers <laughs> she wears like a sweater she wears like, a, she wears like an undershirt overalls and then a, an itchy sweater on top of that and I mean yeah. that is shocking to me yeah. there's no way I have a picture where I'm like okay so I know I'm wearing an undershirt and then there's the overalls and then there's another sweater hell no
1: and it looks really. It looks really cold where they are. I'm gonna support. Uh,
0: you, you think it's wardrobe. that cold?
1: I don't know. Man. I don't know, man. As an older guy, <laughs> I
0: can't believe you kids don't wear a lot of layers. Can you imagine trying to put that on your kid every day instead of putting one layer on your kid or like one layer and then a big coat? Like you have to put three. I think we've spent more time
1: talking about Layers of Clothes <laughs> now than they did in the production planning for this
0: movie. Anyways, my other my other cultural shock bit is French children dry their hair off after the rain. That was <laughs> shocking. You know that like in other facets nope, of? Nope, but I saw it in the movie and so that <laughs> must be what happens in real life. All right. That's crazy. I'll give,
1: crazy. You, I'll give you, I don't have any evidence to the contrary, so I'll give. I'll give you that one.
0: That's crazy. And- so this is
1: this isn't subtitled. This does have subtitles, so um, be prepared for that, uh, people. Yeah, there, there, are some people I know who can't watch subtitled movies, oh. which uh, I judge them immediately, and then oh, I think yeah. about my decision to hang with them. Yeah, really. Uh, going forward, because like, what what is that about? What is that about? Like, they I can't, can't- read concentrate on two things at once and you can catch a quick dialogue and then get the visuals too. But there's the distance between the words and the visual is, you know, 0.5 degrees of your eyesight. I think you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Read the subtitles, please. (laughs) Uh, There's no reason that to, we can all read. Our audience is very smart. Our audience is even international. 1% of our audience has listened uh, in Germany. So, yeah, shout out to a German listener. That that's great. There's I think one German listener. Great job. You're key, you're you've moved us in from a national brand to an international brand. So <laughs> we are grateful at the Ben and Eric's podcast. Um, but certainly a German person, if they don't already know French, is going to um watch us in subtitles. So yeah, I mean maybe they live in Alsace Lorraine and they know French, but There's a transition also where they transition from um, Nelly in one house to Nelly in another house at about Mm -hmm. thirty-six minutes, and that was just like, oh, oh right, the person who made this is a brilliant filmmaker who can do Mm -hmm. anything with the camera, and like put it anywhere, and you'll be like, oh, this is the best place to put the camera. It's it's just so well so well made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I'll 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 give I'll give you one
1: one review I read on imdb just from a user that, that back to the message it delivers the film posits that sadness is simply a part of life something to be dealt with as it arises rather than pushed deep down below the surface hmm. so like that was i really walked that that encapsulated what i walked away with and really just got out of yeah. that and the movie so
0: yeah and there's a there's a point where nelly says like I'm sad or I'm afraid, and I was just like, "Oh my god, don't be like, it's okay." Mm-hmm. I was so in like in this world with Nelly, and like it was like I'm saying like too much. It You're was softy. You're softy, man. Oh I my god, know. I I literally I had tears on my face, and I was like, "Do you want to record the pod?" And you were like, "No, we can, we should do it tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh man, I would love to record right now in like this really raw state. Like I just watched this movie and like." Cry if,
1: if I could get you to cry on a pod. If I knew that was possible, I would
0: have. <laughs> I would have done it right then. Yeah, for sure. Just yeah, I don't know how to get me to. It, we'd have to watch the movie live, and then I would be crying on the podcast. Yeah. Um. I speaking of good reviews, I have a bad review from our guy Sean Fantasy, who thinks this is a three and a half star movie. Mm, I mean, I gave it four. So, like, but that's that's respectful. Three and a half to me. A yeah. Three and a half star movie is my big fat Greek wedding. That's <laughs> well, I would a, like a to, star movie. I would like to hear why he gave it three and a half. I
1: mean, there was really, I mean, there's something about the the length to of me, it. I guess I don't. I don't know.
0: To me, if you're watching a Celine Shyama picture, which is already like amazing, I'm doing great in life. I'm watching this movie, and you have a daughter and a wife. Mm,
1: yeah,
0: right. I, I don't. I don't get it. I I I don't get the three and a half star rating. I just don't You maybe a- right. Air is a three and a half star movie. <laughs> <laughs> not That's this fair not this one. You're making not me feel one. guilty for my four stars. I see your four No, 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 no. Four? I your four and a half years. So. Okay, yeah, I raised you, but that doesn't mean a four and a half <laughs> that doesn't mean a four star rating is bad. Yeah. Four star rating is is very acceptable. I wouldn't go like, Oh man, praise you for the four star rating. But by no means is there a, is there a shame in a four star rating. There is yeah. some shame in a three and a half star rating. Having a daughter and a wife, yeah, which is baffling to me. Right. Okay, so anything? Any last words on? No, my mind?
1: That uh, if if people listening to this haven't seen this or Portrait of Lady on Fire, then shame on you, and go <laughs> see one of them quickly. Yeah, and you need to that, see one. Yeah, and that's a, that's kind of a. Sneaky recommendation because we know you're going to go watch the other after. Yeah, you watch the yeah,
0: immediately, yeah. immediately. Okay, so thank you, everybody. That was Petit Maman. Up next, Inside Man. We'll be right back. And we're back. <laughs> the show we're reviewing is Inside Man. The show premiered in 2022 on the BBC and then moved to Netflix, where you can stream it now. So. This show, I've watched the first episode. It's only four episodes. They're about an hour long. Eric, you've seen the whole first season. So what is this show about?
1: A prisoner on death row, thanks to IMDb, in the US, and a woman trapped in a cellar under an English vicarage cross paths in the most unexpected way. It's a bit... It's definitely got mind hunter mind hunter feel feels in it oh. um, stars David Tennant of British TV famously fame. Doctor Who uh, more famously before that or let's just say more significantly Broadchurch his coming out with Olivia Coleman when they were in Broadchurch together years ago which is a TV classic
0: more significant than Doctor. Who
1: oh for sure he got Doctor who because of Broadchurch Broadchurch is is one of the best shows that's ever hit the TV screen.
0: Well, we might have to review that later.
1: Probably. We might.
0: Uh, David Never Tennant, heard
1: Stanley Tucci, you've heard of him. Uh, yes. Dolly Wells. This, mo- this show is written by Stephen Moffat, who has written things like uh, Sherwood. Sorry, Sherlock. My mind went somewhere else. Sherlock is what he wrote, um, uh, which is a multi-season series with... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and um, Martin Freeman, which is fantastic and is great TV making in that show. So some good lineage here in this show and uh, loved it. Dolly Wells is also in this show. She's fantastic um, as a bit of a target in this show. So really good stuff. Really great, um, Hmm. uh, really great uh acting lydia west plays a bit of a investigator slash reporter person um she's been in things like uh, a couple of russell t davy shows that i've absolutely loved in the past years and years and it's a sin which are two of my favorite shows from the last five years so it's got really great cast and uh, great writing so um, this is
0: so this is i think where i break off and say i don't quite agree with all these points well, that not these all people these that these people are in this
1: show. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: let's go. Let's fight about it.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, your offhanded mentioning of like this show is great, and I love it. Uh, I don't. I don't quite agree. I, I love who's in it.
1: I, I. Okay. Let's. Let's. Yeah, I'll give you my review. So my review is that it's it's fine. It's it's keeps you entertained. Uh, it definitely scratches that mind hunter itch since that. Incredible two-season show was canceled unexpectedly and unfairly. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you don't have Mindhunter, Inside Man is an okay replacement. But um, I do not put it at the top of my list for last year. Mm -hmm. uh, But it was four episodes. So, I mean, what's your investment?
0: Yeah, I tried taking something from the bottom of your list just to see if, like, Mm. just to test how much you really liked it. Just to see like if I could get him to say it's bad, or if I could get him to say, like, this is really good, and be like, I don't think so. So something a little more controversial. I I don't think the acting is or the acting is all right. You know, the acting is good. The writing to me just seems like a little bit strange. Mm. Some of the stuff that Stanley Tucci is saying from Death Row. Is like, okay, I can see a death row person saying that. And some of it is like, whoa, why on earth is he like doing this? Like, I get he's got nothing but time, but dude, like, no one talks like this. Like, he's supposed to be this like mastermind, like this criminal master. They're building him into this like criminal mastermind. Maybe not criminal, but like investigative mastermind. He's essentially Sherlock Holmes from Death Row. Yeah, like you're right. So where's the originality in that? I don't find that uh, like amusing or entertaining. It just seems boring. Like it's already been done. It seems like it's already been done. And this show would be a better sitcom than a drama. Ooh, I think you had me until that comment. So let me explain. First of all, the lighting in the prison, you would think like the prison would be like this dark, grungy place. It's death row. It's not going to be like top-notch facilities. It's going to be like this, uh, shadowy and like scary kind of place it couldn't be more inviting i'd Mm. love to be like a guard there it seems like all the prisoners are cool (laughs) there's absolutely no violent implications there's no dramatic lighting that would make it seem like stanley tucci's character has some ulterior motive or has some like edge to him or the recorder who like is another guy who just tags along and is stanley tucci's buddy in prison that guy is not like his the violent act that he committed is just uh, honestly just a, a punchline. It's not it's not even like um, delved into it's it's just a punchline, really. So the lighting on, on it honestly looked like Seinfeld. You could see like everybody's face in the prison like there was no shadow. There was no edge to it. And and honestly, the prisoner who got caught investigating other people's like crimes is like a is a premise. Is just like a, a funny situation that like if you put Julia Louis Dreyfus, George Costanza, um, Jason Alexander, and uh, Jerry Seinfeld in a room together, they could make it funny. Like it just seems it just seems like a stand up premise or like mm-hmm. a sitcom premise and, and and an awkward situation instead of something that's like dramatic and edgy and uh, grimy and like a uh, dark that the show is trying to be
1: that's that's all fair I def your your Sherlock comparison is a solid one I didn't even with the same writer as Sherlock
0: yeah literally
1: uh, I think that he did just sort of transfer his characters into these bodies and these settings um, but I will stand up for David Tennant who is goes to the extremes in this character as mm-hmm. the vicar yes yeah. who's uh you know it's sort of like the movie, very bad things or things that, you know, just a day or two of someone's life where everything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. That's the role. That's this where David Tennant is set here and you get to watch him go to his acting extremes in this role.
0: And I'm I'm glad
1: for that. Yeah, that was, that was great. He was fantastic. Um, The other actors were pretty supporting in that regard. His, the woman who played his wife, whose name I don't know, she was she was amazing uh, as well um so and tucci does play it straight he plays it like an unemotional sherlock holmes uh the writing with him and his his cohort there in prison that you mentioned was i thought pretty snappy yes it was it was funny it was kind of over the top and ridiculous as they're kind of uh i guess they're deciphering some some cold cases kind of thing and, and trying to trying to negotiate their way out of prison by helping people solve old cases so
0: yeah
1: yeah four episodes you know don't run don't run to see it but if if you're a sucker for british tv um which i am not fair enough then this has this has some of those elements in it and uh, you know anyone other than david tennant i'd say nah don't bother but he uh he yeah. like in Broadchurch, she just plays a detective who's just Columbo esque, just like a master at what he does. He can't help but be uh, um, attached to his to the victims in the show, and you see it in every every facial expression. And in this one, he gets to he gets to let loose a little bit. So really solid
0: performance. But other than that, yeah, see, I, I'm with you. To me, one person cannot carry a whole show. Yeah. And his half of the show, because the sen- that's what I'm seeing right now. I only watched the first episode. Let me just get that out of the way. There's only four episodes, and they're each an hour long. So I only watched the first one, because if I watch, like, half the season, like, at that point, like, what's the point? So I watched the first episode, and it seems like it's split into two halves. It's split into David Tennant with Dolly Wells and his um, – David Tennant, the vicar, and Dolly Wells – the prisoner in, in his cellar and then the prison. So David Tennant's bit is good. He is that half of the show is thought out. It's kind of a classic trope, but it's done pretty well. I'm not going to hold that against it. To me, it's also um, it's like an immovable object and an unstoppable force. Like the situation that he's put in is inevitable and yet his human nature he will never stop until he's like trying to get out of this situation mm-hmm. as safely as possible and with everyone around him as safe as possible so he will it seems like just a struggle against his situation that I mean he kind of brought on himself but um, it's kind of like I like the immovable object and an unstoppable force that those two things colliding make for good entertainment. The prison, I could just, you could just do without and it would, it'd be a better show. It'd be more concise. It'd be more entertaining. Mm -hmm. You could just do without that to me.
1: Yep. Yep. Agreed. I I, I will, uh, since, since we've spent a bit of time on this and I've, I've mentioned a couple other shows. uh, It's, it's a good opportunity to tell people something they should rush towards. And that's the other uh, Russell T Davies shows who I mentioned earlier. One of the actresses in this show is in Russell T Davies shows. It's a sin. And as I mentioned um, years and years from 2021 and 2019 respectively um, two British shows that uh, I just absolutely love. It's a sin takes place in the, in London in the eighties uh, with the AIDS crisis um, taking over this group of friends. And then years and years is a bit of a uh, alternate near future London uh, where it's London sort of slipping into dictatorship and it takes you into some alternate future stuff. That's very realistic. Nothing sci-fi about it. Just like this is how the politics are changing in the world and in England and uh, both just amazing, amazing shows. So recommend those highly.
0: Yeah. um, Also just checked out Broadchurch's cast. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is in it. I'm, I'm sold now. I'm in. I should watch. Uh, we should watch Broadchurch. The well,
1: there's a couple of Broadchurch seasons and the actors change a bit. But yeah, the one with uh, David Tennant and Olivia Coleman.
0: Yeah. Um, she's, third,
1: even, she's third build to them. So. I did not even realize she was in that. I mean, that she wasn't even on the scene when she was in Broadchurch. That must have been one of her,
0: yeah. her first things. So that was obviously. Yeah, it seems pretty, like a pretty, uh, pretty major role before um, Fleabag. Fleabag, yeah, right. But yeah, Broadchurch seems cool. I will watch it on my own time. It seems like an older show, twenty thirteen, that we wouldn't review on the podcast, but definitely seems like a show I should look into. So. Yep, for sure. Yeah, British TV is not bad, but I don't. I don't get this prison sequence. <laughs> Stanley Tucci, he's American, right?
1: Uh, yes, yes. Okay.
0: Yep. Is he doing a British accent?
1: No, he's not. So what's I don't he think doing? I, don't, I think that no, that um, that's an. I feel like that prison's in the U.S. It can't be. I think it is. It's weird though, because yeah, but I know the that, woman, yep, the I know, journalist.
0: I know. I know. She, oh, was she?
1: Did she fly to the U.S. for that? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think she had to. I don't know that.
0: all uh, right,
1: maybe I, I, that's what she did. She wasn't I think there a She wasn't in prison
0: uh, visiting him a lot. But um, yeah, I think I'm remembering that. Yeah. That detail that uh, they're like this. Journalist from the UK is coming over. I guess. So, yeah. Um, All right. We should wrap on. Uh, on. Inside so yeah, Man. let's wrap on this. I'll give my recommendation. I'm not gonna continue watching this. I know it's a small investment. I know it's only three hours, but to me, there's better stuff. I get that you like it. I I don't think I I think I would just continue to laugh at Stanley Tucci's character. I'd love to rewrite this as a sitcom. I think it'd be hilarious. The cast of characters seems interesting. They seem clever. The writing—they could do it. They could do it as a sitcom. I'd love to see a sitcom version of this. But
1: that's. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to continue watching. That's fair. Show.
1: I get that. I I watched. I rewatched the the episode one, and I skimmed through episode four because uh, I forgot how it ended, mm-hmm. frankly. And uh, it does it does pay off. There's it doesn't really leave you hanging. It, it seems like it could. It seems Yeah, like it, could. it does. It does. And it's, it's got a lot of tension, a lot of great uh, action at the, at the end, some shocking moments. So it will, be, it will not be wasted time to finish the series, but I totally get your mm-hmm. point. There's a lot better TV out there.
0: Yeah, there's better TV, better movies, better pizza, Papa John's. Okay. Um,
1: they are not a sponsor I, of this show.
0: I wish. Uh, let's get into the preview for the next episode. So just forewarning you. We will be reviewing two movies in the next episode, and they are. You want me? You want
1: me to say it? Is this? Is this? Are you teeing it up for me? I'm teeing
0: what? it up. I'm teeing it up. Oh, they are Barbie and Oppenheimer. So we're both going to see those movies. Woo!
1: We are uh, seeing Thursday, them.
0: Friday, like uh, when not f- me. I'm double featuring tomorrow because I'm young. My my body is youthful. <laughs> okay. I am energetic, but this old fart has to split it up into two days. I'm double featuring tomorrow at 4.30 and then uh, Barbie at 4.30, Oppenheimer at 7. I'm skipping dinner. I'm eating movie popcorn Hmm. for dinner. Um, Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. I've never double featured anything before, Hmm. not even like two movies sitting at home. Just like, but this is going to be five and a half hours of cinema gold. This thing, this is an unprecedented event in the cinema (laughs) in in, uh, in all of film history, there's yeah, never because, been a day like this. No, no one's heard the words double feature before. No, there's never been a, a double feature of this magnitude before. You know, it's <laughs> like if Chinatown and The Godfather came out on the same day, you know, that that's the level of magnitude I'm expecting from these two from these two filmmakers and from these two films. So <laughs> I'm extremely excited to start out my I, I think I'm doing it in the right order. I think I'm doing it, I'm going to like, I think I'm going to like my experience watching Barbie, and then I'm going to be like, well, maybe, okay, I think I'm doing it right. I think I'm going to love the experience of watching Barbie. It's going to be like this fun, energetic bit, that, and then I'm going to like sink my teeth into Oppenheimer and be like, mm-hmm. er, just like,
1: I he think made, it, the, he made do- the bomb. Yeah, er. you're
0: doing it in the right order. I think that is the proper order. I think it, like because okay, you've seen the quotes, you've seen the promotional bits where it's like yeah. people leave the theater watch after watching Oppenheimer just speechless. They're stunned. They they can't go on with their day. Like mm-hmm. okay, I'll do that at I'll finish that at like 10 p.m. I'll 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 right. be in that state at 10 p.m. But not at not at uh seven. I'm not okay. going to start out at seven. So um uh, yeah, that's what we're doing next episode. I can't wait to pod immediately after watching those two movies it's going to be so fun reviewing that with you yep i'm gonna have so much to say i can't wait to hear what you have to say so So much anticipation
1: we're recording this on uh wednesday the 19th midday Uh, so friday afternoon can we do it friday
0: like five ish is that when we can record okay yeah cool well i'm free like whenever i'm free like yeah friday okay we'll do it then great i can't wait i hope you guys are excited that's t- that's today's episode, um, Inside Man, Petit Maman. Really recommend Petite Maman. Eh, you could see Inside Man if you wanted. It's probably better stuff on Netflix. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Eric, it was a pleasure. Um, the pleasure was all yours, man. Oh, it was?
1: <laughs> okay, great. This, is, this <laughs> was a lot of fun. Thanks. Good episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, great job. All right. Bye.